Hi, I'm Harriet, a mental health professional and educator, and this is Dawn Breaks, the podcast all about finding hope and maybe also healing after reaching rock bottom. Just before we start this week's episode, I want to give you a quick heads up that we're going to be talking about depression in here. So if that's a particular trigger point for you, just be wary that it's coming up and maybe listen with someone who can support you as well. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Dawn Breaks and I am so delighted to welcome Emma who is joining us today. So welcome. Hi there. (laughs) How are you? How do we find you today? I'm feeling really excited to be talking to you about this um, yeah it's been um, really wonderful to sort of revisit some of the things that we're going to be talking about and mm. see some of the additional insights that I've gained from it that's amazing awesome I'm looking forward to it too but that's yeah <laughs> really really lovely place to start nice place to find you So Emma, you know a little bit about how the podcast works and what I like to do is not give you a big introduction, but instead dive straight into a time when you were feeling potentially quite low or vulnerable and we'll come to all the amazing stuff that you're doing a bit later on. So I wonder if there is a time that you'd be comfortable to share with us where you were feeling potentially quite low or vulnerable in yourself? Yeah, so my mind goes immediately back to... um, a little over 10 years ago, when I kind of realized that I'd reached the point in my career that I'd been striving for, you know, I'd had my head down, I'd qualified, I was getting experienced. And I realized I was really miserable. And I just felt like I had painted myself into a complete corner and I had no idea where to go from there and I think I felt so vulnerable because for so long I'd been on that route and I started having this conversation with myself you know what's wrong with me Mm -hmm. um what do I do now how can I change things what do I even want to do and all of these kind of questions were coming at me and yeah, it was one of those, it felt hugely vulnerable because things that I'd, I'd been so certain about for such a long period of time suddenly felt very uncertain and it was almost like I could throw the whole lot up in the air. <laughs> That's so difficult, isn't it? When we've worked so hard for something, it sounds like, you know, you'd work really, really hard to get somewhere and then when you got there, you realised you didn't necessarily want want it, which is devastating when you've put so much time and energy and and effort into something exactly and it makes me sort of smile looking back that I was in my mid-30s or early 30s actually sort of having a conversation with myself saying you know it's too late to change direction at this point you know and I think what (laughs) What was that about (laughs) but that just demonstrates how your mind can go when you are in in that space and What's interesting about that situation is that I didn't deal with it. Mm. I put a lid on it. I kind of waited to see what would happen. 
because I didn't really know what to do next. And what happened next was I actually got pregnant and that kind of solved the problem okay. for a while. <laughs> okay. Right, right, right. Mm. And that was a beautiful distraction. You know, I had a wonderful year. Um, I had a you know great pregnancy and birth and you know my son was amazing but he wasn't a sleeper and what started to manifest then was this clarity that I have now really was around the expectations that I'd placed on myself Mm. in yet another area of my life were not living up to you know, wow. what I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. So the same pattern was repeating of the expectations and the rose-tinted view that I'd had of, you know, previously my career, but now motherhood, I was sleep-deprived, not coping as well as I thought I, I would do. You know, cracks were happening in our relationship as a result, understandably, you know. And whilst I had a great time, whilst I was on maternity leave, of course, the time was coming when I would need to go back to work and face all of the reality around not being happy in my career. So what did I do? I pushed it all down. I kept on keeping on and, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. And when I went back to work, although I was, um, because I wanted to go back part time, I did get a a reprieve from the issue that I'd been facing because the manager that I'd had had left while I was on that leave and the new manager had come in and she said you know you're not going to be able to work part-time in your current role inside I jumped for joy (laughs) (laughs) but she asked me this question what what are you good at you know what are your strengths what do you love to do (laughs) and I felt even more vulnerable then because I had no clue I really was in that space where I thought oh gosh I don't even know anymore Mm. so there I was back at work she was great I mean she 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 put in place some some things to help me and gave me some options and I and I picked up a, a new role that I thought might suit me you know I thought well I'll give that sounds the best out of the options available um so I went back to work and and got into that cycle of work but I was still getting up twice a night oh gosh I was massively sleep deprived I had all of this uncertainty about my future and it turns out I was pretty severely depressed Mm. and what started to happen very quickly after returning to work was a pattern of me releasing those feelings with tears most of the way to work realizing that if I didn't stop crying by a certain point in my journey people were going to (laughs) know so that was kind of the routine and then on the way back same thing tears all the way back until a certain point in my journey where I could hopefully not it wouldn't be noticeable by the time I got home and so this was my pattern until the point in time where I couldn't hide it anymore right right and I mean just from what you're describing I'm so sorry first of all because that sounds so impossibly hard but what you're describing sounds like so much pressure that's the kind of feeling I'm getting coming coming across this immense pressure from every side and just the moments where you could have some kind of release and let go and release some of that pressure you know open that valve in a way you kind of had to you didn't really have any option but 
it must have been horrible it sounds really really yeah. awful yeah it was and I think what's so fascinating you know I've already kind of alluded to it in the way that I've explained it um so I hope that people listening can spot it too that isn't it interesting that it was my own expectations of mm. myself mm-hmm. that has created all of it right and how often do we do that how often do we do that especially mm. I mean I I can't speak as a man because I'm not a man, I'm a woman, but it, I, I feel like I want to say, especially as women, we put ourselves under so much pressure to perform in a job, perform as a parent, perform as a friend, you know, whatever the role might be. And we have so many roles, don't we? We have a huge amount of roles that we have a certain expectation of how it should be. And then that doesn't give much room for the sort of gentle, natural ebb and flow of sometimes having more energy, sometimes having less, sometimes feeling more nurturing and wanting to be like that and sometimes feeling less. I think you're right. And this might resonate with some people as well, that when I think about, you know, especially what you've just said, um, my role model for career and work was my dad. Okay. You know, and so when I think about what I was aspiring for, you know, who was I getting my cues from? Well, it was my dad and my dad traveled away a lot. He he got a lot out of his work. It was very intense and very pressured. But he he would come home from work and shut his eyes for 15 minutes while mum would get the dinner on the table, you know, and all of those sorts of things. When I was trying to aspire to kind of all of that and, and you know, the, the earnings that I wanted and everything else, but also to try and do all of the other things that, you know, I saw perhaps my mum doing and, right. and feeling like I'm failing miserably. Right. And, and, and there's so, this whole yeah. element of it being like a full-time, two full-time roles. Okay, it's not, so it's part-time work, but, but parenthood is not a part-time role you know even if they're at school or nursery or whatever sorry I interrupted you no it's absolutely fine and it's more than that because you're up in the nights as well it's like doing the night shift the day shift that you know so it really is no wonder looking back you know I look back at myself with so much compassion and and gratitude for and the tenacity of just hanging on but you know that was probably rock bottom you know I was I was in a state where I shouldn't have been driving. There were moments like where I was so felt like my head was so pressured that I I would prank the car Mm. against a curb or something whilst Mm. driving. And, you know, it got to the point where I thought I'm going to have some, I'm going to have a serious accident or, you know, the implications could have been a lot worse. And I realized then that I needed to seek some help. And, and here comes vulnerable moment number three. (laughs) gosh it's vulnerable asking for help isn't it that moment Mm -hmm. that moment where you kind of go well I can't continue like this so what do I do and the avenue that was most obvious to me was to go and visit my GP okay which involved completing a tick sheet (laughs) oh wow okay and then and then a sort of comment of well no when do you feel so bad you know you're according to this moderately depressed and what do you want to do you know you some medication might help and that was kind of well I didn't want to go down that route but Mm. I I really don't feel like I have any other option and and so that's that's what happened and and that's what continued really for a period of time because I just needed to be on an even keel 
you know okay. I just needed for the, the the buzzing in my head to stop mm-hmm. I needed to be able to not zone out of my computer screen and actually do something productive at work Mm -hmm. I needed to feel like I could be in the moment with my child and my family Mm -hmm. and the medication was was helping me to achieve those things but I knew it wasn't really addressing anything longer term it was a sticking plaster to keep me to keep me going yeah Um, and it did that for a while Mm, and I think it can be really useful for that process but it's interesting that you've identified that it was almost allowing you to keep continuing to push it down rather than deal with what it was that was bursting out, if you like, kind of coming out. It's really, really tricky, isn't it? Because medication is often what is offered when we go to the GP. And sometimes it works brilliantly for people and sometimes it's not at all right for people. and, And that's very much a personal choice. But it sounds as though it gave you a bit of room to breathe, sort of some time to figure things out. It did, exactly. And I think it's very beneficial for that purpose. It made me have some more resources about me to be able Mm. to kind of explore depression a little bit more, to think about some different things, you know, and it it kind of kept things going. But of course, as soon as I came off the medication, I thought, I really want to come off this now. And I, Mm. and I, it wasn't long before those same sensations and feelings came flooding back in. So I knew that I needed to do something different. And I was really fortunate that one day, I mean, I'm not, GPs do a tremendous job. My experience, unfortunately, around depression and mental health going back, you know, as I say, 10 years, Mm. was that it was very much a sort of transactional process that I went through. You know, it was turn up, how are you? Kind of, okay, do you want some more tablets then? Yes, please. And out you, out you go, really. That was the sort of situation. And I very often saw somebody different each time. And right. then the one time I went, and I remember it to this day, it just struck me. Um, the GP that I went to, she just looked at me and she said, and how are you? And she actually looked at me in the face as she asked that question, whereas I think everybody else had been, you know, sort of looking at paperwork Mm. or the computer. Mm. And she just said, you know, it's difficult, isn't it? One in four of us experience this. Mm. And it was just when, when she said one in four of us. Yeah, she just I just felt seen for the first time in that whole period. And I realized that it was okay. Yeah. It was okay for me to feel this way because she had to. Yeah. And oh, that wow. was really, really profound. It sounds really like that profound moment. that she mm. said, you know, that word us, one in four of us. And I think that was the moment that I breathed a huge sigh of relief. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, and she said to me, Um, She shared what she had done. She recommended somebody who she went to for CBT wasn't available on the NHS. Mm. She said, if you can afford it, I would highly recommend, you know, several sessions with this person will probably really help you. And so I looked into it and um, found out I could claim for it on my private medical insurance, Um, which was really helpful. However, here's another vulnerable moment because Again, it's to get that referral, I had to go to a clinical psychologist. <laughs> okay. Wow. You can't just access okay. it. Yes. Yeah. You have to be referred by a mm-hmm. specialist. Mm-hmm. And so then in front of the clinical psychologist, 
bringing it all up yeah you know and she just went well this is pretty cut and dried yeah I'll refer you to the CBT then you go to the CBT and sit across again from another stranger across a desk and go through that process of explaining everything and um yeah I just thought god this is this is a just this process it's tough it's Mm. tough Mm. um and I'm thankful to say that the CBT helped me it did get me to a point where I could really see how my thoughts were affecting everything really but I do remember this that it got to the point where I knew I wasn't moving forward anymore I thought you know I've kind of got this feels like it's run its course Mm. but I still didn't feel satisfied and um the guy said to me again I will never forget these words he said to me Emma I think you're waiting for an aha moment that's never going to come (laughs) ah okay and I was yeah that's really interesting yeah I was just thinking maybe that was what you needed to hear in that moment you know it's really it's really tough isn't it because sometimes we are waiting for a I don't know not a magical fix but we're waiting for something to transform and maybe we're transforming we're in that process of transforming and it doesn't have to be a shock moment it can be a process of when you can then look back like you were talking about at the beginning of this episode about how nice it's been for you to be able to reflect back and see the distance now from where you were to where you are now those are those moments where you can go huh those are your aha moments if you like Um, yeah Wow, really powerful words. It was really powerful. And part of me wonders whether it was strategic or not. Mm -hmm. But there's there's only been like a couple of instances where people's words have had that this kind of impact on me. What happened was it kind of made me think I felt quite disgruntled and maybe a little bit angry. Yeah. And then what happened was it sort of ignited in me. Well, I'm not happy with that. Mm. I'm not going to take that. Okay. I don't just want to feel okay. I don't want to just survive and think, well, is this it then? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to thrive. You know, I actually, it really got me motivated to think, well, if this has got me so far, mm-hmm. what's going to take me the rest of the way? Right. And that got me just Googling, thinking about, you know, what, what makes people happy mm-hmm. what makes people thrive and that's really I think what sent me on a massive massive journey to to where I am now in terms of all of the different tools techniques modalities and things that I've come across and used and um, and played with in my own life to really help me really move forward in the way that I wanted to I love what you've said there there's been some really really powerful points and I, I think also what you've just touched on right there is how often that breaking point that low moment triggers a journey a personal development journey in some way shape or form of figuring out what it is we really really want and then starting to work towards it rather than pushing away from what we don't want which is a shift in perspective isn't it because all the while we're pushing away from what we don't want we're just sort of vaguely getting better, like vaguely getting into a more positive space. But when we start to actually think about what we really do want and then aim specifically for that, it's really a different focus and quite a positive shift, I think, in the way that we're thinking. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
I guess the difference with me was that I still didn't know what I wanted. I just mm. knew that I want, I just had this notion that I wanted more. Right. <laughs> I wanted to feel and this good. Wasn't quite I, wanted it. To, yeah. I wanted to thrive and this isn't it. So I knew a sort of generalized destination, but I would liken it to this. It was a bit like driving through fog. Okay. So I started just putting one foot in front of the other and exploring, knowing that the, something else would open up this is what I was starting to experience that the more I put one foot in front of the other, the next part of the journey opened up for me. Exactly like when you drive in fog, because you can't see the destination. You can't even see that far down the road. And that's okay because if you just keep, keep going, it keeps opening up and you still Mm -hmm. can see. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the big piece of hope that I think I can convey to people is that actually you don't always need to know exactly what you want you can have a vague notion of a destination, you know, and it might be, and it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer as you start to move towards it. But you can still keep taking those baby steps and explore what feels good to you. And what felt good to me was, you know, me Googling, what is happiness? How do you flourish? How do you thrive? And what that opened out in terms of the pathway was the work of positive psychology I'd already started to connect to the word strengths and strengths work because of the organization I worked for and that great manager who who was offering me those options when I went back to maternity leave she was implementing strengths within our organization and so I was able to discover my talent themes and the strengths that I have and starting to make better decisions and more aligned with who I am naturally and start to appreciate me a little bit more but I also found the virtues in action character strengths work which is free to get a a report of and these little pieces started to give me information about what had caused the issues for myself in the first place as well as help to provide some of the solutions to help me moving forward as well and I can give you an example of that to kind of bring that it more into life so from a work perspective when I was doing my my talent themes using the Clifton Strengths Assessment mm. it turned out that one of my top strengths is something called learner okay and what I'd always thought was a weakness of mine was that I got all of these things that I've learned over the years to a very very high standard and then done nothing with so you know I'd learned the flute to grade eight once I got to grade eight stopped completely stopped playing you know and various examples of things crafts that I'd learned or you know I was always learning a new skill or a new thing and then not doing it anymore Mm -hmm. well when you understand the learner talent theme how it's a talent is that you get a lot of energy and flow from being in the process of learning something new and it's the process of learning that makes you feel in flow Mm -hmm not necessarily what you're doing with it right okay and I was like oh gosh I thought that was a real weakness Mm -hmm. but actually it's a real strength because what it means is I can learn something very deeply quite quickly Mm -hmm. and as long as I'm thinking about how I can implement it in the service of other people then I'm not it's not a weakness you know it doesn't have to be a weakness Mm. and this started this is a way it's like paradigm shift for how I even saw myself you know and my whole life and this is why it helped me to make better decisions about 
the roles that I took within an organisation. So, so I was able to kind of find my way through by not thinking about jobs anymore right. or careers, but yeah. thinking about what environments am I going to fit work best in? Mm-hmm. What activities am I going to be more in flow doing? How can yeah. I make my best contribution here? And when you start to think like those, those questions are so empowering. Yeah. They're much different to the sort of, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I'm good at. Um, You know, what am I going to do now? (laughs) That's so interesting what you've said there, because it's a really different, a different take, actually, to to anything anyone else has brought to the podcast episodes. But there is something really, really important in knowing yourself that you can then make better choices for yourself. And like you're describing this um, strengths work is so so powerful to then know exactly what your skills are rather than kind of picking out a few that you might you know the things that you pull out when you go to an interview and you're like oh I'm a really good listener or whatever it might be that you 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 sort of lean on but for a tool to specifically I don't know I'm hesitating to say diagnose but it is kind of like it isn't it is pinpoint your strengths Um, and, and for you to be able to see that is so so useful what an amazing tool it is. It's phenomenal. And it, there's a depth to which it goes to, um, to the point where they describe it as being, you know, we are so unique, but we don't understand our points of difference. And um, there's one in 33 million chance of two people having the same talent themes in the top five wow. of their kind of um, ranking system That's incredible. Um, as each other in the same order. So it is. And, and I think that just it's a tool to help help us appreciate and understand you know who we are in the world Mm. and how we're different and it gives you so much compassion for yourself but also for others because when you appreciate those things about yourself you can start to appreciate those things in others yeah yeah absolutely Um, and I did want to share an example from the free assessment that you can do in virtues in action because again this is a this is about character strengths so things about, you know, universal character strengths that make of what's best about our personality. Okay. So not so much from a kind of performance perspective, mm. like, like the Gallup product, but more about kind of who we are as characters in the world. Yeah. And one of the examples within my top ranking was something called appreciation of beauty and excellence. And when I read what that was about, I realized that one of the things that had dropped from my life quite significantly was me spending time appreciating beauty and excellence. Okay. Okay. So beauty, appreciating beauty and excellence makes me feel alive. It makes me feel in flow. I love seeing talented people Mm -hmm. in operation. And I hadn't realized that that's something that's not unique to me. Many other people share that, but it's very, very important to me as a character mm-hmm. it helps it, it's part of the definition of who I am mm-hmm. and what makes me feel alive so if I'm not fueling that by spending time appreciating talent beauty in whatever forms those might be whether it's music or you know any kind of talent then you know that that's something that is going to be very impactful on my life and just knowing that made me realize and there's been studies to suggest that when you focus on increasing your appreciation of of talent and beauty and excellence it has been shown to boost happiness and reduce depression 
and these things are pretty vital yeah Yeah. that's such a simple thing and like you said knowing that about yourself and being able to I don't know begin to implement that maybe is such a small thing that you can we can all do and and it's uplifting if that's something that is supportive for us how interesting I felt like there were some there were some really important things that you've said there and and looking back across kind of the whole conversation something that seemed really really important was being really seen being really heard and understood and and when you maybe felt at your lowest it was because you weren't feeling seen or or understood or having space for that even for yourself and what's really interesting to me is that it you mentioned about that doctor who gave you eye contact and said to you about that one in four fact that uh, about mental health that you felt really understood really seen for the first time and then through going back to work and a manager beginning to ask you what am i looking at with you what am i seeing and making you begin to think about what am I showing the world? What are my strengths? And then moving on again to kind of how you're describing being able to recognize your own strengths is really seeing and understanding yourself, maybe in a way that that you'd never really been able to before because we don't always give ourselves the opportunity to do that. And that process seems like it's really fundamental, that kind of thread that runs all the way through about being really knowing who you are. Yeah, and it's a whole paradigm shift because you're going from essentially focusing on what's wrong with me. Yes. Why why do I feel like this? Oh, I must fix this. I'm broken. Yeah. You know, to, oh, this these are all the things that are right with me. Yeah. What if I, what if I do more of that? How can I incorporate more of that into my life? Mm-hmm. And some really simple little tweaks and steps to do that is you get to do that for yourself. Like you don't need somebody else. You can meet your own needs. To do that. Yeah. You don't have to wait for someone else to meet your needs. You can do it for yourself. I love that. I really love that. That's such a beautiful, beautiful idea and really important because when, when we begin to do that, it's so empowering. You don't have to wait for, Um, the most amazing boss to turn up and fix your job situation you don't have to wait for a I don't know Prince Charming to come and sweep you off your feet whatever it is you can do these things for yourself and then you're already in that place of being happier lit up in flow whatever the phrase might be and you, you naturally attract those better scenarios people who really light you up and make you happy into your environment by being that person yeah, exactly. And and just in, you know, getting my thoughts in order and thinking back over this journey in preparation for this conversation, it, it's made me think about, you know, actually revisiting certain aspects of this because, mm. you know, the situation that we found ourselves in over the last couple of years, various elements of life have changed and yeah. haven't sort of recovered. And yeah. I think, you know, I've realized as many, many of us probably have, that maybe there is an element of making do of, of settling in certain areas and, and just going through again, those things that make me feel alive and make me feel at my best. Actually, you know, there's a few things there that have dropped off, mm-hmm. you know, that I, 
would have been part of my resilience right you know would have been part of keeping me feeling buoyant and my water level really raised up so that I can navigate life's challenges Mm -hmm. and actually I there are steps that I still need to remind myself to take to focus on those things you know Maybe I need to go and visit an art gallery. Right. Maybe maybe it's a live music concert. Maybe yeah. it's a, you know, whatever it is. And um, it's great because when you get your list of character strengths, you know, you, you've got you've got a list of them. And of course, you want to focus on the ones that are at the top. Mm. Um, so even just thinking about another one of mine is curiosity. So okay. what can I be curious about today? You know, even just saying that makes me feel happy. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like a real so mindset nice. shift. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's the way it works to help you keep moving towards things that are, you know, good about you, right mm. about you. Yeah, it's really I like I love that idea of being really proactive as well, because you're right, the world has felt very limited over the last or more limited, more constricted in so many ways for so many people in the last 18 months, two years. And maybe we are at the point where we can begin to get some of those things back in that help us to feel less limited and and less kind of stuck, I suppose. It's really, really interesting. And so you know, where I normally lead on to from this point is asking you about what your tools were that really helped to bring you out of that kind of difficult time. And it's really clear that one of the really big ones is your is your strengths training and, and what you learned in that way. I wonder if there were any other tools that have been really fundamental in, in kind of getting yourself into a more positive headspace and feeling good in yourself. Yeah, the other aspect has been the personal development work that I've done as a as a coach and coaching has has led me on to another sort of real significant area of my life. So I, I was fortunate enough to be able to train as a coach within my corporate job. But one of the things that I'd decided was that I was never going to go back full time because mm. I always wanted to develop my own business and I wanted to help people. Um, you know, I wanted to help other people feel seen. I wanted to help mm-hmm. other people not just survive, but thrive. Yes, and yes. I had no idea what that was going to look like again. But, you know, learning the way this works, sometimes mm-hmm. you just have an intention and put one foot in front of the other and you never know where you're going to end up. And where I ended up was loving the coaching work. Um, but I didn't feel fully equipped to deal with what I could see in front of me. Okay. And I can remember the one time I had to do my coaching assessment, uh, live assessment. And I thought, oh, gosh, if somebody says something, you know, and it's a really emotional issue, then, you know, oh, am I going to cope with it? That could mm. be the worst thing in the world. And sure enough, this, this the person in my assessment actually did, did tip out okay. a very emotional sort of um, issue for her and very personal issue. And I handled it, but I didn't really feel very comfortable. And I thought, I don't really feel fully equipped with this as I would like to feel. And I Mm. still felt um, that I could see things going on with people that I was coaching that I wasn't fully able to really get underneath. Or I'd see them time and time again and and they they were like repeating the same patterns Mm. that they couldn't see what was going on underneath. And and I was doing um, a summit, I'd arranged a summit, it was called uh, Surviving to Thriving. And it was uh, for for mums trying to juggle career and being a mom and not really feeling very good at any of it and I was researching for that and came across Marissa Peer 
mm-hmm. um, okay. who is extremely well known now. I'm not sure how well known. I think she was on the rise, I think, mm. in terms of popularity and then. And um, I saw she'd written a book about confidence and I contacted her to be on my summit and she said, oh, yes, yes. And then I couldn't pin her down <laughs> to get okay. on it. Okay. But I got one of her rapid transformational therapists who had trained with her who was available to speak and um, I had this uh, summit interview much like we're having now Mm. and she talked to me about the subconscious mind and how our programming you know affects how what you know how we think feel and experience life and that so much of what we are trying to wrestle with is you know from events that have happened to us in the past Mm. that we just don't even don't even recognize sometimes they don't even feel like they were significant events but they've shaped us and formed a program within our subconscious mind that now affects us today and that was it I think I signed up to train as a rapid transformational therapist the next day which is four four years ago um (laughs) this coming this this November okay and that was the thing that just absolutely blew my mind because here it was a solution to help people overcome their limiting beliefs to really get to the things that they can't see themselves in a way that certainly the way I work with people is in a is a extremely empowering and collaborative way to help them you know one uncover what's really going on for them mm-hmm. but also to help them move forward from that you know what does what does your life look like when you don't have this issue you know whether it's confidence and or getting over fear of public speaking or whether it is things like depression and anxiety um really helping to embed those new positive thoughts and beliefs that help you to step into that that life and that Mm. identity that you really want for yourself and so that just ticked all of the boxes based on everything that I've just you know explained about my journey you can probably see why it just was instantly a no-brainer yeah yeah absolutely I mean it, it links up with the things that you're really passionate about as well doesn't it and I I can fully understand the appeal you know I feel the appeal for for RTT having had some myself it's an incredible process and not really like any other kind of therapies that I've tried it's it's got its own sort of very unique process hasn't it and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah it's it's really it's just another another form of supporting that healing process I suppose and the more we understand about our trauma and our experiences the less we are ruled by it the less we're sort of tied it tied down by it and exactly yeah yeah and so that's really really transformational so there's a huge journey really that you've described today that your process has been a really powerful and transformational journey from a time when you felt absolutely under pressure and helpless in terms of needing to do a job that you weren't feeling lit up by you weren't feeling excited and passionate about and also you described yourself that challenge of motherhood and your expectations of motherhood and then the reality and them not always matching up and that that real challenge of bridging that gap and then doing that at the same time as returning to work and there must be so many women that will resonate with with many elements you know 
the, the getting pregnant and then being like, oh yes, I can have a break from this job that I'm not enjoying, but also the 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 challenge of becoming a mum and then all of the experiences with that especially when we have children that that aren't good sleepers and and how that kind of plays out as well and then that return to work there's so many different elements in there that I think are really really relatable and then how that really kind of began a a really important journey for you to bring you to where you are now and what you're doing now which is really really exciting it's so lovely to be able to see the whole process and and really empowering I think really inspiring so I mean that beautifully leads us to the point you know tell us a little bit about what it is that you do as a whole now because I think you've sort of alluded to it in different bits but what's your kind of whole package that you bring to the table yeah so what absolutely lights me up now is um I work with women mainly women business owners who you know incredibly talented although they might not say so themselves yeah, yeah I, can, I can relate <laughs> to that I don't always believe that um so I I love to work with women who really do but they have a mission and a calling I think sometimes you know we just know that we've got something that we're following and it's a bit restless inside of us and that's who I love to to work with who kind of they can't give it up even if they wanted to and get a job in Tesco's it's like it's part of me I've got to do this but they struggle with the self-belief the the confidence they're feeling a bit like an imposter sometimes and so I think, as you can probably see from my journey, what I've described, you know, these are all issues that I've been working with and understanding over this period. And so I bring together in the work that I do the rapid transformational therapy. So there's that deep, um, you know, understanding of what's going on at a subconscious level and, and helping to shift and change that. Um, but also to bring in that strengths work so that people can really see who they are and focus on what's right with them and really help them leverage that so they live a more aligned life and create a more aligned business to um, that suits them and also be able to navigate you know those weaknesses and blind spots that that have tripped them up in the past so that's very much what I do I bring all of that together in the work that I do um, and I also do a lot of mindset coaching as well with groups and um, and individuals um, so to help them spot those patterns and, and give tips and advice and hacks if you like to yeah. how you can sort of quickly shift things around because we have more dominion over our thoughts and our minds than than we often give ourselves credit for so learning some of these tips and tricks to help you turn things around fast is um is what I love to do amazing that's a really unique bundle as well which fits completely with what you've been saying all the way through it's um yeah wow I feel like I could do some of your work (laughs) (laughs) so tell us Emma how if someone thinks yes definitely I want to get in touch and find out more what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you so the best place um if people are on social platforms i'm on facebook and instagram but i love hanging out on instagram i think it just feels more vibrant and um so that's i I love being on there so if people want to connect with me there i'm at emma the mindset coach um if you're not on social platforms or you know there's anything about my story that you want to know more about or resonates with you my inbox is always open i love to receive emails so m at mobrian.co.uk 
um so feel free to get in touch that's amazing and all of those details will be on the show notes for today's episode as well but thank you that's really really kind it's really lovely when people can directly get in touch with you as well it's been an absolute pleasure I wonder if there is any sort of last thoughts or anything that you think I really wanted to say that and I hadn't got a chance to say it and it's totally okay if there isn't I'd just like to give you a bit of space yeah, I think my one final thought to anybody that listens to your podcast is to actually consider, you know, and explore your own vulnerable moments with compassion because they shape us. They yeah. make us who we are. You know, often those rock bottom times have, there's gold within it. And we can look back with so much compassion for our past selves and think wow look what you did look what you went through and Mm. look at the tenacity and the grit and how you held on through those times and you handled it and if you can handle that you can handle whatever life throws at you so I think it's a beautiful process and I'm really feel blessed that we've had the opportunity to explore this Oh, I love that so much. Thank you, Emma. I think that's such a beautiful place to stop. And you're so right. You know, how often do we give ourselves those moments to think back, look back at all of the sort of challenging things that we've got through just to remind ourselves how, yeah, tenacious. I love that word that you've been using. Resilience is the one that usually comes to me, but how much we're capable of and we don't always give ourselves the credit and just sort of being able to reflect back is so powerful so thank you so so much I really appreciate your time it's been such a special episode really really appreciate it so thank you thank you what an amazing story from Emma I am so grateful to her for all of her insights and her vulnerability in sharing with us her story Remember, all of those contact details she shared will be in today's show notes, which you can click through from the link attached to this podcast episode. There's also lots of pointers about where you can go if you have been affected by today's episode and the the content and the themes within it. There's lots of different places that you can go for further support. I really hope you've enjoyed listening. Otherwise, take really good care and you'll hear from me soon.